You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. This evening we have Miss Christian Harold. She is an honorary millennial. She is a Gen Zer, Girl Scout, public speaker, state debate champion, and girl and woman rights activist and she's only 16 years old hi christian hi glad to be here i'm so glad to have you thank you you are a powerhouse thank you (laughs) so tell us who you are and um where you're from and where you grew up okay my name is christian harold um like you said i'm 16 um i grew up in washington dc in northwest but i go to school in virginia so that's a bit of an interesting fact about me very interesting okay so you grew up in northwest um whereabouts um i grew up in petworth okay okay i grew up by coolidge high school so oh really i grew up in northwest dc too yeah my local high school is roosevelt nice (laughs) nice that's where my grandmother went to school oh really yep small world small world um How did you get into public speaking? So um, from a young age, I've always been a very outspoken kid. I've always been, you know, unafraid to kind of stand up for myself and to really advocate for things that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So um, when I turned five, I got into Girl Scouts. And from there, a lot of public speaking opportunities began to spike up. So um, one of my first big public speaking opportunities, I was eight years old. And they were looking for girls and my council to participate in the 100th anniversary of Girl Scouts in mm-hmm. 2012 called Rock the Mall. Mm-hmm. So that was, I would consider to be my first big public speaking event. I spoke on a stage introducing Michelle Obama to speak to the crowd. That is amazing. And it was about 200,000 people that were there. So it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So um, that was my first big foray into public speaking. And since then, I've always, you know, sought out ways at either with school or with Girl Scouts to do public speaking. And that was kind of where I first got my start. Do you think that you got any being outspoken? Like, were you literally you were just when you were born? Is that how you were? Do you think you got that from your mom or from your dad? Is there anyone else in your family who like, you know, who likes to talk or likes to debate or um, I think it's a lot of familial influence. Um, my mm-hmm. my father on my mo- my grandfather on my mother's side was often a very outspoken person. He was like me a lot. He liked um, you know debating people. He liked argumentation. He liked history. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I got it from both sides of the family. They're both very strong women of color in my family who are often unafraid to speak up for themselves. So I think I definitely got it from there. I see. Yes. I see. Now with Girl Scouting, was that your idea or did your mom enroll you in Girl Scouts? How did so I was five when I got into Girl Scouts, so mm-hmm. I, my mom did sign me up for it, but I've been sticking with it ever since. That's amazing. Um, thank you. So um, I, my troop that we had when I was five, a lot of the same members are still in there now when we're going into wow. like 10th or 11th grade. Yeah. So it's like a family for me, honestly. And um, yeah, I'm really glad I got into it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Girl Scouting just, you know, I mean, of course you... Um, some of the your fellow scouts become good girlfriends yeah. and you have a lot of amazing experiences and apparently for you a lot of speaking engagements have come as a result of being a Girl Scout. It's, yes. It's definitely um, a very meaningful program 
and you learn a lot of life skills, right? And all of these things that are going to help you, which is just amazing and exciting. But you yourself are very dynamic and very intelligent. And um, I was reading your bio and I saw that you um, have spoken and been, um, how do you say, like a, um, a leader or uh, a speaker yes. for She Should Run, yes. for DNC. Like, tell us, tell us, and Dove, you know, <laughs> Dove flew you out to speak somewhere. Like, tell us, how do these organizations hear about you? And, you know, what, give us maybe, like, for DNC, when was that? And what did that feel like? And who, what was the Democratic, you know, candidate that you were speaking, speaking on behalf of? Like, yes. So, um, like? about three years ago this month, um, So I guess I have to kind of start the story with when I got involved with She Should Run. Mm -hmm. So in the fall of 2015, my mom and I were driving home and she was like, hey, you know, I saw Girl Scouts put something out about um, they're looking for there's this organization that's looking for a girl, a girl leader to be interviewed um, to just a girl leader to give an interview about their life and kind of basically a day in the life of a student leader. Mm -hmm. So um, the organization was She Should Run, and they're a nonpartisan organization that encourages women to get into office. Mm -hmm. And they've done these profiles on congresswomen before, like local leaders, but this is the first time they were doing it for a student leader. Nice. So I called in, I had my interview, and there was actually um, a group of them that followed me around for a day and at school, like basically filming me and my friends, you know, kind of the day (laughs) in the life of a student leader Mm -hmm. and um so from there forward I started to get a lot more opportunities with she should run because you know we kind of connected I really liked their message and they really liked how I was able to translate that message into something really powerful for youth Mm -hmm. so um the next month I was invited to their national conversation I would go on to do this once more the next year And basically, that was in a panel with several other governors, um, congresswomen, all like female leaders who were super empowering. I was Mm -hmm. once again, the first student speaker to ever be on that kind of panel. And um, this went on for a few months, you know, just getting different opportunities with them. Mm -hmm. And eventually, this culminated with the DNC event. So she should run and the Atlantic were partnering for this event. And basically, I was invited to come and speak about Hillary Clinton's influence as the first female nominee in history Mm. and kind of her influence on women and girls. And while Hillary did lose the election, I still stand by that she encouraged so many women to get into politics and to kind of really go for it because... Mm -hmm. um, There's one statistic that's always thrown around she should run, you know, that women and men, they they win at the same rates, mm-hmm. but women don't run enough. And I think it's, you know, this kind of this this social stigma and kind of psychological block with a lot of women, you know, oh, well, you know, I have so many, you know, kind of the eh, maybe if, you know, maybe someday. Mm-hmm. And I think that my work... Instead with, of just going for it. Exactly. Right? Like, I think men are more encouraged to do that than girls are, but I, I think that's completely ridiculous. I think mm-hmm. that girls should always go for things that they just want to do. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how I got into the DNC. And once again, it all started from Girl Scouts. So pretty much any opportunity in my life, I think you can trace back to Girl Scouts. I think it's just it's giving me so much. Honestly, you're probably if you're not already a spokesperson for Girl Scouts, that's coming too. (laughs) (laughs) That is so that is just amazing. I mean, you you are literally a trailblazer of your generation. (laughs) That is just I'm excuse me, you all. I'm just, you know, wafting in the just 
amazingness that Stop. is Christian Harold. <laughs> She's really phenomenal. Um, so public speaking also along with that is is uh, your uh, state champion state yes. championship of Virginia in debate. So tell us about that. How did you get into debating? Was that a natural, you know, obvious thing for you or what made you interested in getting into debate? So when I was younger, I always wanted to be on the debate team. I had a very different vision for myself than actually what ended up happening. So um, going into eighth grade, I had a friend and her brother was already on the team. He was a junior at the time. And she was going around. She was like, hey, you know, my dad really wants me to join the debate team, you know, to kind of get a head start. Would anyone like to do it with me? And of all the people she asked, I mean, she must have asked about like half our grade. I mm -hmm. think I was the I was the only one who said yes. Wow. So I began um, on my, competing on my high school speech and debate team a year earlier than usual. And um, at first, I was really keen on doing debate. I was like, you know what? I really want to argue with people. I really want to, you know, face to face just arguing. But the thing about debate is, you know, you're arguing, but someone argues back. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> you know, I really wanted to create a message. And that was how eventually I got into speech. I, debate is usually terms as an umbrella term, but the, the event is called speech and debate. I see. The activity. So um, that was how I got into speech. I was like, you know what? I have a lot of messages that I want to share. I see a lot of societal issues that mm. I think are a problem. And that was eventually how I got into the event, Original Oratory. So Original Oratory is a 10-minute memorized speech mm. where you give a speech about a societal issue or a value as a society that is wrong or that we need to change our minds about. So that first year speech and debate, my eighth grade year, I gave a speech about why we need to start calling ourselves feminists and why people are scared to call mm -hmm. themselves feminists. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people associate it with, like you know... a social stigma. Has yeah, a stigma. Exactly. Right? A lot of people associate it with man-hating and bra-burning and just all of this stuff <laughs> that... <laughs> I'm listening. I'm sorry. That was funny. <laughs> okay. And just, you know, a lot of this like really negative stuff when in reality, you know, if you're not a feminist, you're a sexist. Mm. So um, that was kind of my first year. Then my second year, I began, I gave a speech about why we need to start encouraging our to teach our kids about race. Because I noticed at my school, a lot of, you know, a lot of, I go to a predominantly white school, mm -hmm. and a lot of my white peers had asked me questions about my identity and my race that I thought were particularly obvious. And I just thought, I was like, you know, why, this is something that they should be just be getting. Like, I mean, all the people of color I know, they kind of get it. Why aren't they getting it? Mm, maybe they haven't, just haven't been exposed. They exactly. Been, well, until now, <laughs> until high school. Maybe. Yeah. So, um. You know, I, I thought that was really interesting. And I realized that it kind of rooted from this place where white parents often do not want to talk to their kids about race. Mm, they teach them, you wow. know, don't see color or, you know, kind of, oh, stop asking questions about like, you know, when a kid asks, why is that woman a different color from me? Mm, or so, the hair or. Exactly. And they're often taught to just stigmatize those questions, which leads to a lot of misconceptions and prejudices later. So it kind of perpetuates racism, even though the parents That's are trying deep. to. Yeah. Wow. So they think that might be a solution by not talking about race. But in reality. saying we don't see color, but it, it, it does. It only perpetuates mm. stereotypes about groups because they're not used to talking about them. They don't know much about them. So that was what I did for my freshman year of high school. That was a speech I gave. And I gave it to a lot of people I give so every round you have around six to seven people in your round and I gave my speech at around 10 tournaments that year and in different so like and I'd go to around like what was it 
six, seven, eight rounds per tournament. So That's amazing. So are of- you basically giving the same speech as you if you make it to the next round you give that same speech again yes okay so oratory is a memorized paired event so um obviously you make edits throughout the year you change it a bit like i i would never say that an oratory is the exact same at the beginning of the year as the end of the year that doesn't really show much growth mm-hmm. but um, and that's totally separate from debate that's a different yes so speech and debate so gotcha. um speech is more like public address it's speaking while debate is more argumentation i see although i would argue that um the speech is very argumentative in its own way because you just, have to make a stance right you have exactly to have a view you have to have evidence all of that and um you but the thing is no one can argue back so it's just mm-hmm. all what you're saying it's all your that message is so cool thank you i feel like your natural progression is going to be i mean you're definitely going to be in the public eye in the public sector um giving speeches like this is just the i could definitely see myself doing that um Mm -hmm. yeah so basically that all culminated to me becoming the virginia state champion in original oratory this past year congratulations thank you that is a big deal thank you so um yeah that was a really proud accomplishment of mine i was really happy with that and actually I'm, i'm sure that you already know this but i think there's some colleges um, and I think there's one that's local, maybe in Virginia. George West Mason Virginia? University. Yeah. They, yes. they Don't they have like a whole program for yes. speech GMU and GMU is debate? one of the top programs in the country. I actually went to their um, speech camp for about two years. Uh, yeah. This is the first year I haven't gone in two years. Very nice. Thank Do you, you think that's where you might go for college or not necessarily? I don't know. I mean, I always have it on my list. I, I, I really like the campus. It's like a second home to me. I know a lot of people there. Um, but I do think I want to get out of this area for college. I want to gotcha. go somewhere. Very yeah. nice. Okay. Do you know what you might want to do in the future? Yes. Um, I think I'd like to I'd like to go to law school. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if you I You would wanna... make a great lawyer. Thank you. Or prosecutor or whatever. You 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 do it. Thank You'd be you. amazing. I don't know if I necessarily want to be a litigator. Um mm-hmm. my real interest is in policy. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really interesting how policy can influence mindset socially, how it can combat oppression, how it can really um, change ideologies and the way that a a country or a government is going. I think Mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Um, I started to get more into policy as a concept when I began working for the Washington Area Women's Foundation Mm -hmm. um, in their youth um, council program. So um, that was when I really started. And when did you start to do that? I started doing that my freshman year of high school. So um, oh, so you've been Doing that for about, what, three years? Yeah, I just stopped working for them, actually. I will okay. be returning to them this fall. Okay. But, um, yeah, that was when I really started to get interested because I saw the ways in which policy could influence so many people's lives and how it could really improve lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of people often conflate, you know, social mindsets with things getting better. But in reality, it all starts in policy. Mm-hmm. And policy is really key into combating oppression into creating equality and i think it's just so important that people realize that and i think that's honestly what i'd like to get into when i get older to advocate for policy to create policy i don't know if necessarily as a politician but to definitely do that i really would like to do that that would be awesome that would be awesome we definitely need more people like you um who are socially aware you know you're passionate about making change um about uplifting, you know, groups who are generally oppressed yes. or suppressed mm-hmm. um, by different different uh, means of society. And, and you're completely correct. You know, mm-hmm. policy is definitely um, one of the ways 
or the name of the game, really, that shapes what our society looks like and who has opportunities and who doesn't. Yes. Right. And, you know, now in the news, there's a lot, especially in D.C., there's a lot of uh, work being done and talk about um, how policy has affected formerly incarcerated persons and incarcerated persons. Mm-hmm. And so now they're, you know, working on policies like, for example, they just passed a bill um, that now allows incarcerated persons to vote. Yes. You know, in the elections, which is a big deal. So yeah, I think it's it's really important to have people like, you know, that young man in politics and policy to really help to advocate for the rights of others, because it's not that people are, I think, often intentionally forgetting about people or minorities or oppressed groups. They just don't see it every day. They don't know that it's happening. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there, of course, is that minority out there that does know it's happening. They're very aware of it. But I would like to believe that people, because they just don't see it every day, because their uh, experiences aren't diverse enough, they just don't really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that educating people about it and really spreading awareness about these issues is, you know, a a step towards creating, you know, more equality in our nation. I agree. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> um, did you get to meet Michelle Obama? I did not get to her? meet her. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you will. You <laughs> certainly will. Thank you. You certainly will. Do you have Do you have hobbies? Are there things that you like to do aside from, in addition to, yeah, um, um, speech writing? And... <laughs> I um, like to read a lot. I write. Um, um, let's see what else. What type of books do you like to read? I like to read mostly like YA fiction. I, I think a lot of people assume that I like to read like a bunch of like nonfiction, like political books. I'm uh-huh. not really about that. <laughs> I do a lot of reading of like, you know, of the news and stuff. It's just nice to take a break from that. Of course, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly. And writing, like what do you write? Just journal or do you write poems? Or... I have a journal. I write personally, um, just different stories, different things. That's I don't so share cool. my writing with many people. Um, yeah, I just, I do like to write a lot. I actually um have entered, like, contests about, you know, writing, about, like, books that I've read and, like, mm-hmm. books that have influenced me. So nice. that's, like, something I like to do as well. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I can see you doing a lot of oratory contests, like, outside of your... I actually have not done any yet. Um, I was going to this fall. Um, Something came up. Hopefully I can do it again if my schedule will allow me to. But I haven't really tried it yet. I'd like to try my hand at it. I see. You have time. But I know they have um, different organizations locally and even some government. I think uh, GAO. I can't remember. It's it's a government assistant office Mm -hmm. or accountant office, something like that. They used to. They may still do it. Uh, Every year they have an oratory contest for high school students. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes with money, too. So. Ooh, might have to consider that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, are there any places that you would like to speak at or um, any celebrities or, or politicians, anybody you'd like to meet? Like, are there are there things in your head that you're like, OK, I'd love to do that? Um, I would love to meet the Obamas. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure you will. You I'm know, sure you will. Obama was elected when I was five, and he's just, you know, was such a role model for me growing up. Yes. And so it's same with Michelle. So I would just love to be able to meet with them. As in terms of speaking, honestly, I don't really, I don't know. I would love to speak in front of, you know, someone really influential mm-hmm. to try and get them to change their mind on a policy or um, to try and get them to advocate for a policy. I would really love that. Um you know, just trying to change the mindsets of people out there, educating people. That's what I really like to do. So I think I would like to do that maybe for a member of 
Congress or, you know, another government official, maybe a local official. Who knows? That sounds good. Okay. Well, I, I mean, the great thing is you're in D.C., you're in the DMV, and there's yeah. multiple, so many opportunities um, really to are. come in contact with Congress members. Um and council, DC City Council. Yes. Sometimes they have hearings mm -hmm. that you could probably go to. Yeah, um, so actually, cool. a lot of my work at um, the Washington Area Women's Foundation, we would submit, you know, testimonies for hearings, written, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, so okay. that was I. I did learn more about that process while I was there. That is so exciting. And are you still in contact with um, She Should Run? Um, I am not as much anymore. Um, you know, they've like started to look for more student leaders and tried to like really broaden their options, which makes I you really see. excited. So, um, yeah. So you were like the spark for all of that. You were you, yeah, you started you started as their first like student leader. Yeah, right? I was like their yeah. first like student kind of advocate ambassador. Mm -hmm. And um, now I think they started to look at getting more girls to try and do that kind of stuff for them. So that makes me really excited. Nice, nice. And you're also are you working on your gold award now? Yes, I am okay. working on my Gold Award. So tell us about that. So what? my Gold Award is titled Speaking for Success. It was actually just approved a couple of weeks ago. And Congratulations. Thank you. So um, my project focuses on, um, it helps, I'm helping girls at a um, middle school in Southeast Washington, D.C. They're participating with me in a week-long seminar about public speaking, which is Very led by nice. me. Very and, nice. Um, I'm going to be basically teaching them, you know, what is public speaking? What does it mean to find our own voices? How do we write a speech? And by the end, the culminating project will be that they're going to write a speech on an issue in their community. Nice. So it's and will of, they have to deliver? Yes. Deliver their yes. speech? Yes, so there'll be like a huge presentation. And they'll get like gifts. It'll be a oh, really great nice. experience for them to just show off their skills they learned over the course of the week. Very nice. And so, where will you be hosting? hosting uh, the Washington you? School for Girls. Okay. Washington. Where is that? It's in Southeast D.C. at the ARC. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Oh, the arc. That's beautiful space. Yes. Look you. at you. <laughs> that's actually where the school is. So I'll be there. It's an after school program for a week. I see. Yes. I see. That is just amazing. Thank you. And when will that, when will you kick off your? It will be in early August. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. That's coming up soon. Yeah. It's really coming up fast. <laughs> <laughs> so are you uh, getting ready? You're preparing for that now? Yes. I'm trying to organize everything, get funding, pull in my volunteers, my team, um, get background checked. I didn't realize I have to do that. But you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got. Well, I guess because you're working with mm -hmm. like kids, yeah. youth. Yes, so. I am. I see. So I'm really looking forward to that. I just wanted to do when I was thinking of projects I wanted to do. I wanted to take one of my passions, which is public speaking, and combine it into something that I didn't really have a lot of in middle school, which is self confidence. Mm -hmm. I think that public speaking is part of the reason why I am a more confident person today. Mm. I think it's part of the reason why I am. You know, I was really able, you know, in middle school, there's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of, am I good enough? You know, do I look good enough? Yeah. And I think that for a lot of girls, they have to, they either have a really hard time getting out of it or they never really do. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of break that cycle. And I think that public speaking is a way to embolden girls because they can, they can speak with conviction. They believe in what they're saying. Yes. And I think that's just, it, it's so helpful to so many girls. And I really want more girls of color to be involved in speaking in general, not a mm -hmm. speech and debate, but, you know, just speaking and being more outspoken. I love it. I love it. Cause you. you have a great niche. You have a great niche because when I think about it, I mean, there are so many women's and girls empowerment programs, after school programs, mm -hmm. but I haven't really yet heard or etiquette programs, you know, but I haven't heard 
someone who as actually has a program and has an idea and has this passion about public speaking and how that can um, assist and boost the confidence of, of young girls and, and youth. I think that's beautiful. And I think you should continue with that message um, you. as you go along in, in, in your schooling and college and beyond. I think it's I think the reason why there aren't as many programs is because a lot of girls are told, you know, be confident, be confident quietly. Right. And, you know, like the women's um, USA soccer team has recently been getting backlash, you know, people saying they're too arrogant. And it's like, you know, you know, they're winners. Don't they deserve to like win? <sighs> you know, and I, it's, you know, society just kills me sometimes <laughs> with it. You know, when we speak up and speak out and say, hey, we want equal pay because mm-hmm. they're saying that, too. Like we want to get paid like the guys, the soccer yeah. guys get. We're champions. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, if a male team did that, it'd be, oh, you know, they're just celebrating. But because right. they're women, they're called right. arrogant. And I think that. You know, girls are like, you know, and things were said a lot about Hillary Clinton, too, mm -hmm. when she was running as well. Yeah. Girls are told to be quiet, confident, quietly, which is kind of an oxymoron, I think. So I I really want to encourage girls to be confident, but to be confident boldly and to empower themselves, Mm -hmm. not just to be empowered. So, yeah, that was kind of the goal I'm going for with this project. And hopefully I will succeed. Oh, you will. Thank you. You will succeed. Well, Christian, I've just had a wonderful time getting to know you a little better, Thank getting you. to know the things that you're passionate about. And you're definitely one to watch. So tell us where we can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter username is C-H-E-R-A-L-D-7-7. Well, thank you, Christian, for joining us. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. (laughs) You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace. Peace.